Tell me, though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. Hi and welcome to the Mortal Iron Fist podcast, Sons of the Dragon. It's Rebecca here doing another individual podcast because me, Carl, Connor, uh, we all want to get together to talk about the Iron Fist Netflix show and it's kind of difficult to schedule the US, the UK and Australia. So that's the delay there. We are definitely trying to do it. We'll do it as soon as we can. Um, I work crazy hours. Carl works uh, kind of the opposite end of the day to me. We're in opposite time zones. Um, Connor works the opposite end of the day to me. Carl works other times. So we'll we'll get it done. In the meantime, really want any feedback or questions that you guys had about it. You can get us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Podcast, Our Twitter, which is at ironfistpodcast, ironfistpodcast, or our email, which is sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. So... In the meantime, anything you want to say about the Netflix show, delighted to hear from you. Um, Connor will be looking at the website to see what comments have come up since the show was released. But that's the delay. So, this time, uh, I was looking at all the Iron Fist issues I could talk about. But there's quite a limit to them in terms of sort of limited numbers of issues, one-offs. Uh, there's a few appearances we could still talk about. I don't want to do anything with Daredevil or Deadpool in because I know Connor's a massive fan and would love to sit in on those. There's a couple put to one side for when we can get together to do one that isn't from the main run. Um, and I didn't really want to start on Daughters of the Dragon, which is another possibility and one I might start. But it's not a short enough run for me to really want to cover in one podcast. But, having said that, there's that, and um, I might also look at some of the Defenders comics that I love. That's for another time, so if you've got any thoughts on that, let us know, because it's obviously the individual podcasts are going to sort of plug our holes. But for this time, I wanted to talk about something a little bit different. Um, Not sure how this is going to go, go over with everyone, but I want to talk about Ninjak. It's a character that you all, uh, to people who read comics that aren't in the sort of Marvel DC world, um, will often mention Ninjak when you say you like Iron Fist. Um, I had it mentioned to me a few times over the last year. It's uh, it's not something I've ever heard about. I've never really read Valiant comics. I started reading them six months ago after I went to New York Comic Con because I went to a panel um, that a friend wanted me to go to about Valiant comics. And everyone, had, all the people around me had kept dropping in information that Valiant was this cool universe that I should look into. The whole um, comic line rebooted in 2012. They did a massive relaunch of Valiant. Again, I'm not going to pretend that I know a lot about this. I know it started off, um, Valiant started off in the 90s and was rejigged, was bought by Acclaim Entertainment in 96. They did some more comics. But what I really know is this 2012 relaunch of Valiant. Um, It includes, it's a much smaller universe than DC or Marvel, much more contained um it's uh the it's a, it's a because it's so close it's got um shared a, it's a shared universe it's a, the characters do crop up in one another's issues um some of the bad guys 
crop up in one another's issues. It's all incredibly well written and beautifully drawn. So um, if you want to have a look at Valiant, I definitely recommend it. And my recommended starting point would be a four-part um, mini arc called The Valiant, um, which was... It's just great. It introduces you a bit to all of the characters. It gives you this interesting storyline about them all having to come together to fight this bad thing. And um, from there, you can kind of see who you'd like. Um, it's pretty cheap trade. And if you've got um, Comixology Unlimited, if you're in America, I think it might be on that. If not, um, I know that there's there's other ways to sort of like library might have it. Uh, if you've got library has a comic subscription kind of thing. They might have it, um, but it's a pretty it's a pretty cheap trade. Um, so that's the way to go. But the, we're going to talk about Ninjak, who appears in the second issue of The Valiant, uh, when he gets drawn into it. So I'm going to read a little bit from Wikipedia first. I don't really... I've literally nothing that. And then we're going to look at the first issue of the Ninjak solo title. Um, so Ninjak's a superhero appearing in Valiant Comics. He was co-created by Mark Moretti and Joe Casada, Carl's favourite, um, and he first appeared in a comic called Bloodshot, um, issue number six, as Colin King, but he very quickly got his own series. We're not going to talk about Bloodshot, he's massive though, and he is, there is a film that may be coming out about Bloodshot, so Valiant have just got into the sort of cinematic kind of world. They're not doing a cinematic universe as such, but they have sold rights to some of their um, titles. One of them is Bloodshot. He's pretty uh, distinctive and very cool. So the Ninjak series became very popular, and he quickly became number one in Wizard Magazine's top ten hottest comics of the month in, in 1994. Um, the lead character is a ninja spy, Ninjak whose alter ego is British playboy Colin King. Right, so we've got a couple of things to talk about there, about why why you might get recommended that if you like Iron Fist. So, the lead character is a ninja spy. Okay, so we're talking martial arts here, but in Ninjak it's very much ninjutsu. Um, he's also ridiculously intelligent. He has crazy gadgets of the sort of Batman-esque kind of variety, Batman, Moon Knight, I guess, um, and James Bond is the person you'll most often hear me reference, probably, because he works for MI6, which is Britain's foreign intelligence agency, so if we're talking American terms, it'd be our CIA to MI5, which is our FBI, um, if you wanted to know, let's go into a bit more detail, MI stands for military intelligence, and yes, there was an MI1, right up to MI6, uh, MI6. Well, further actually beyond. They're, they're actually allegedly it goes to at least MI13, which is referenced in Marvel comics as well. Once you get British writers in a Captain Britain comic, um, and was said to be the um, the dirty trick side. So MI1 is um, naval intelligence because in our military, navy is always seen as the best in inverted commas. Then air force, army. Um, and then you get to eventually MI5, which is internal security, MI6, external security. So, uh, Ninjak works alongside MI6 and very much does James Bond type things, but in a superhero type world. Alright, so that's, that's your basic setup. Um, so, his first series was in 1994-ish, I guess. Second series was produced after Valiant bought, was bought by Acclaim. Um, 
it was written by Kurt Busiek, another big name in comics. Sadly, the origins for Ninjak there are little differently, and a teenager is endowed with ancient ninja powers from a video game. Ooh, and he's and he's able to become the game's hero, Ninjak. But you can't guess that the company that bought out Valiant was a video game company. Um, it sounds kind of uh, strange, but you know what? Almost tempted to read it. But we'll go to the 2012 relaunch. So Ninjak first appeared in the second arc of the lead title, which is Exo Man of War. Um, and that's about a, a guy who has sentient alien armour. So he looks a little bit like uh, Iron Man when he's in his armour, except it's kind of light blue and gold. Um, but it's not very similar. He's, um, he's a Visigoth, so he's also got the kind of... Um, historical figure out of their depth in modernity but he also has the alien aspect because this this armor is a sort of alien artifact that has chosen him as worthy it's a little bit of like he's a little bit of all the avengers in one there if we're gonna because there's a bit of a cap there with the person who's from an, another time bit of thor there with the alien artifact who's found him worthy and obviously the iron man connection um i love i love man of war uh, I would hot. It's just restarted, so if you wanted to give it a go, there's a number one issue should be on the shelves right now. I'm not going to pimp Valiant too much though. But anyway, so Ninjak first starts comes in as an enemy because uh, Exo Manowar is doing something that the British government's not very keen on. Um, but he very quickly becomes an ally. So you've got that kind of, you know, super superheroes meet, fight, become friends. Um, and then from 2013, in November, he joined a comic called Unity, which was about these superheroes coming together to take on bigger targets. But at the end of uh, 2014, they announced he was going to have his own title again. It started in 2015, um, and it's still going on now. We're up to issue 25, was last week. And um, it's one of those series that I, it wasn't the first one I read. I started with Exo Manowar when people said go for Valiant. And um, then I read the Valiant. Then I went to Bloodshot. Uh, and then Ninjak. It took me a little while to come around to him. I think because of the Iron Fist kind of, do I really want to be that person who reads all the sort of martial artsy comics? And um, people will compare because again, you've got a white guy who has learnt martial arts, isn't necessarily the best in the world in this case, doesn't have any superpowers in Ninjak's case, and, um, but you know, they're, they're both sort of the, the highest profile martial artist in that universe, perhaps, okay, I'm not, not going with, I'm not going to diss Shang-Chi here, he's amazing, but at the moment I think you'd have to say Iron Fist has a higher profile within the Marvel universe, not when they were first released, when it was the opposite way around, but right now. Um, well, in Valiant, Ninjak is definitely your go-to guy for martial arts. He has... Let's have a look. So I'm going to look at Ninjak number one, um, which was published in 2015. Um, it's got a... I'm not going to go through the writers yet because it's got uh, two... It's got a main... A main, type, a main issue and then a sort of like added story at the end. They have different writers. So we'll go through the teams as we get to them. The front cover is very... Um, it's pretty cool. It's uh, Ninjak, who is he's got dark hair. He's got a face mask on, but not like Iron Fist's one. It's, it covers forehead and from his nose down. It's just his eyes are showing in his hair. Um, his outfit is black and purple. 
and he is covered with arrows that are all being stuck in him. So he's obviously been shot at. He's got his sword drawn and looks ready for action. Um, titles bang in the middle across his um, across one side of his chest, and it's kind of and there's an explosion going on behind him or a fire. Um, so that's the cover page. The next page you go into shows one of his tools, and this is how the first bits of the comic go until they sort of shuffle things around again for different story arcs. Um, so you've got the Ninjak Specification and Insights Multi-Tool Battle Belt. So it it's quite cute. It goes through all the things that his battle belt can do. It's got flashbang projectiles, throwing discs. Um, he actually has some like shuriken that are actually um, made just for him. Um, it's got some poisons in, some cameras, and some. Uh, it's it himself is high tensile titanium, and it's got a few redacted things on it, which is kind of sweet and exactly what it would do. Um, right, so it's the comic starts, and it is a martial artist with a sword, eyes bound, so he's blinded. Um, and some cranes in the background. So, like, one of the most a beautiful kind of, we're going straight into martial arts here. He's standing in the middle of a bridge, and there are attackers coming around him in full sort of, they're in Japanese garb. And you see them come, and then there's, like, obviously going to be a fight. So that's how that goes. And so then, I'm not going to go through. I'm not going to go through too much of the story here, but I'll tell you. I just want to go through some of the art because it's so beautiful and give you a sort of setup of how the comic works. Then it, um, then you, it turns out that um, you see a little kid, um, bright blue eyes, um, sitting in a cinema on his own eating popcorn, and you've got the little then. Um, so we know that's the flashback. Then we go to now, and there's these cute little. Um, Someone's talking to Ninjak, clearly, and they're sort of saying, this is your target, blah, 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 you know, sort of James Bond style, this is what you're going to do. You get to see very clear panels, you see panels through his little cameras, um, and all the little all the little boxes that are sort of giving him instructions have got a tiny little Union Jack um, cut off next to them, so you're very aware straight away it's somebody uh, English, uh, British talking to him. And they're giving him his instructions, instructions basically to infiltrate this base and um, interact with the prisoner there and um, I'm not going to tell you too much about the story who the prisoner is that stuff like that they're setting it up it's going to explain why there's a few pages of setup saying this is what you can do that's what you can do this is what you're going to do and then you get Ninjak and he's like is this is is all of this supposed to impress me and you get to see the outfit again the sword it's a full page of him and then you get the credits so Ninjak book one Matt Kint, the writer, he's amazing. Clayman Pencils, he's amazing. <laughs> Seth Mann Inks, obviously. Uh, Ulysses Ariola, Colours, beautiful. Uh, Dave Sharp, Letters. Um, and the associate editor is Warren Simon. Oh, no. The associate editor is Tom Brennan. Warren Simons is the editor. I'm not going to go into all the cover artists. There's a lot of them um, because it's an issue one. There's plenty of variants. Um, there's some interesting, lots of purples and greens in the, in the comic, and where they want to do it, sort of blues and reds to, to really sort of pop. Um, one thing that stick, makes Valiant sort of stick out is it's got very kind of realistic art generally. 
um, and really high quality stuff. They don't tend to rush things and they allow breaks between arcs for art to catch up. So they, they have sort of long runs of the same artists and writers together. And they have, uh, again, people who've come up through t through together and written and and scored and done stuff together. So you get a, a very consistent feel to most of their books. Um, a lot of them also seem to be very good friends. So <laughs> when the, when there are crossovers, it's very cool. Um, then you get a massive. Then we get the big spectacular fight to launch the comic. Him, uh, Ninjak versus the prisoner. Uh, and it's, it is pretty cool. The action's done very nicely. Lots more greens and reds and purples. It's very bright and vibrant. There's the panels chop and change. They're not all square. They're not all equal. They're not all balanced. And it all just highlights the action. There's like sounds. He's he's showing off his gadgets. You get a real insight into what the comic's going to be about. He even gets a few quips in. He's not like the Spider-Man kind of quippy, but he's got that kind of British wry sense of humour. Um, writers of, of, often get him to say blimey a lot, which makes all of us Brits laugh. But it does, it does its bit of when you're showing him alongside Americans. He has a different feel to him, which is quite clever because I don't know if he's been written by many Brits. So um, it, it's nicely done and they obviously um, do the thing. So he finishes his mission and then we go back to him as a kid. And, you, and it starts to sort of give you a little bit more insight. He's obviously a very rich kid. He's getting cabs everywhere. He's offering to pay them extra money. Um, his parents possibly don't care where he is, um, and that's that little clip. Then we go back to now again, and we get to see a little bit more about Colin King, who lives in a castle. A castle that is known as King's Castle because of where it's owned. I mean, this thing is massive. It, it's on its own lake, pretty much, and uh, it's real James Bond stuff. Um, it, it could almost come from a movie. Not that James Bond would live there, but one of his baddies certainly would. And he's sitting there talking to his handler, who's Neville Alcott from MI6. And Neville's basically saying, well, this mission's under the, you know, we're not going to, this one's not, above board, we're keeping it quiet, I'm paying you out of sort of social funds, um, but you should come work for us, and Colin's saying, I, I kind of like being able to turn down missions when I don't like them, so you're like, ah, oh, well he does work for them all the time now, wonder what got him there, there's a bit of intrigue there, the colours are quite different, there's uh, a lot more sort of uh, sun, we're out in the outside, it's not as kind of action-y, the, the panels start becoming squarer, um, and and then you and you you very quickly get to learn the joke about the name Ninjak, um, because you know you might be worried, wondering why Ninjak, very much like James Bond with 007. You can assume there are all the other fellows, and we hear about 006, I think, at least a few times. You see um, a computer screen that they've brought up has listed all the other ninjas, so it's Ninja A down to Ninja K, uh, and it's literally Ninja hyphen. Um, and even Colin says, is there actually a Ninja A? <laughs> like, Neville's, well, well, there was. Um, so again, you know, like, and then Neville's giving him his next mission, which is basically to go and infiltrate this organization called Weaponeer, which is um, an arms-dealing thing. And they only know one of, it has seven leaders, and they only know one of them. But because the because of what, um, so because of the previous mission, they've got a way for Colin to go and try and become undercover there. And obviously, because it's Ninjak, he's like totally covered up. There's no sort of he won't have been spotted anyway. So and he's a sort of British 
like multi-millionaire if not billionaire so he's got sort of money to sort of get himself on the table and things and he says but there's a problem you're gonna have to go through a number of tests to get to speak to the guy and these tests are kind of funny they they all um are, are designed by the head of weaponeer that they know about um to embarrass him or put him on the spot find out what he's made of so you get to see um colin doing some karaoke being told to strip um and and being having to be resourceful like they basically strip him and say get to us by the time this meeting and he has to get all the way there from being dumped on the ground um and then we flash back again and the 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 flashback this time is at night and this one's almost like bat money um so um uh it's bat money it's you've got like the moon the castle you know he's definitely at the castle because you get the um the shadow of that you see him like climbing up sneaking in go climbing into bed he's got a purple hoodie on and black trousers which is kind of cute and then you see an older guy um who if you didn't know otherwise you know like white hair white mustache suit black suit um he's called he says master colin stepping out at this late hour you should know better than that so we're talking butlers here if we know anything from our batman um and you get the idea that, and and then, and and so he's obviously someone that his parents don't mind being raised by a butler. Again, we've got that hint that his parents aren't the best of parents. And later on, we see the butler with a belt, sort of saying, "You shouldn't be doing this." And the very heavy uh, indication is there is that the butler is not being the nice Alfred Pennyworth that Batman had and Bruce Wayne, but is being something slightly more sinister altogether. Um, which is, you know, and that that gives Ninjak a lot of his history. You see the boy looking pretty upset about it all, obviously. And we go, we flip back to the thing and we see um, Colin kind of being accepted by the weaponeer guy. And sort of saying, yeah, you know, come on, let's do, talk more. And, you, and then it just says to be continued. So there's your setup. He's just made the first stages of being undercover in this operation. Very James Bond. He's freed someone. He's done this. He's um, he's dressed stupidly. He's done fun things. He's shown that he's very um, able and capable to do exactly what his mission's done. So there's Ninjak and Colin. So then it flips to something that happens until they need it to not happen anymore, and that's you've got these extra stories at the end, which are they could like seven pages or something. They're called the Lost Files. Um, and they are, Matt Kint wrote them again, Butch Geis is the artist, who is a really beautiful, evocative artist, uh, love him, uh, Ulysses Ariola on colours again, so same thing, and Dave Sharp on letters again, uh, so we get a map to show we're in Pyongyang, uh, Korea, I think, or definitely North Korea, it's very hard for me to see right now, uh, and it's ten years ago, and all the colours are much more muted. We've got um it's almost like Blade Runner. It's raining all the time. There's light blues, dark blues, purples, blacks. So again, staying very with the purple and black here. Uh and again, I'm not gonna go to the story too much. Um and it is it's basically you see him with his hat you see Colin with his handler, uh and she is teaching she's sort of like he's talking about this mission she's called angelina 
Uh, and this, it turns out, it's kind of his first mission, and she's kind of giving him the pep talk. Uh, we get to see how the first mission goes, and we get to see a little bit of sort of afterwards. We get to see how the first mission goes. We get to hear his feelings about going on his first mission. Yeah, we get to see how the first mission goes. Um, and it's very cool. It's a little bit like um, in Watchmen, where you have the the sort of pirate comic within a comic. These are obviously going to teach us a bit more about Colin's history, but not flashback to child. So in the main comic, you get flashback to child, flashback to now. And these ones were getting this progression of his first case to where he is now. So you've got two different looks at establishing the character, which is, is pretty cool. That's the first issue. I don't really want to go into the story very much because it's kind of the sort of thing that either appeals to you or don't. Um, I would really recommend it. I don't really think I have that much more to say about it. Um, if you have any questions about Valiant, Ninjak, anything, um, what else you should read about those, or you fancy giving it a go, um, I would say, again, the first volumes of Valiant Trades tend to be quite reasonable. I just bought this one for uh, 6 in the UK, which is about $10 in the US. Sorry, I can't do the Australian conversion, because I've not even looked it up. But I'm sure you are all very capable of doing that yourselves. Um, same with other countries. I'm sure you're used to the world being a bit snotty about doing things in dollars and sterling. Uh, my apologies for that. Um, but I hopefully that's just given you uh, a new insight into something you could watch. Uh, so, thank you for listening. Uh, sorry it's not an Iron Fist one. But hopefully at least Iron Fist adjacent. And we will get on that that uh, Netflix show as quickly as we can for you. Uh, we definitely all want to be on it, and that's the problem in a way, because we all have uh, some uh, some uh, things we agree about, some things we disagree about, and we just thought it'd be interesting to give you the the full sort of spectrum of our views. All right, so thanks for listening, guys, and send us messages. All right, take care. Bye bye. Iron Fist and all other characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney. Any musical images we use belong to their respective copyright holders. We do this for fun, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us mail, comments, thoughts, anything you want, really. It doesn't even have to be related to Iron Fist. If you don't want it read on the air, though, make sure you mention that. You can also find us on Facebook, the immortal Iron Fist podcast, Sons of the Dragon. Our Twitter at Iron Fist Podcast, our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash sons of the dragon, uh, hyphens where the spaces are, our YouTube, Connor Carl, just search Iron Fist Podcast and you'll find us real quick. We are also on iTunes. If you find us there, give us a review and rate us. If it's less than five stars, please say why so we can improve the show. And we're on Podcast Garden in the literature section. And last but not least, head over to our WordPress, Sons of the Dragon, the immortalinefistpodcast.wordpress.com. That's where I put all the show notes. And I would like to thank Thomas Tissot for letting us use his Iron Fist theme song for the start of our show. And finally, thanks to you guys for listening.